Before we get started this morning, Dan wants to give a little shout out for some, for some of you that have been extremely helpful to their family. Thank you first. Talk Thank to you. Thanks for love. Oh, you got it. Uh, just want, I just wanted to say from the Libby family to everyone awesome. here, I just want to say thank you for praying. Thank you for contributions. Thank you for food. Thank you for cash. <laughs> no, I just want to say thanks, right? Yeah. That we might have love for one another. Yeah. And you guys have done that, and we're really grateful. And for bringing children to Sunday school. All right? We love you guys. Thank you. All right. Right on. Thanks, man. It's no small thing bringing your fourth kid into this world, especially in your own bathroom. And, you know, and all that goes along with that. And so we appreciate everybody. They appreciate everybody who's really stepped up and really been a part of all this. So let me pray real quick before we jump into the word. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you how it's been displayed in love for the Libby family and um, how people have just rallied around them and um, shown them love. And uh, thanks that we can love each other like this, Father. We pray, God, that as we look at the topic of faith today, God, that you would show us what it means to truly have faith and to live that out um, amongst ourselves and in the whole world. We pray in your son's name. Amen. So this morning we're continuing, as we continue our series called Back to the Basics, uh, we're going to be talking about faith today. Uh, back to the Basics, we feel like these are the, the topics that we're hitting this summer are really topics that are foundational for the Christian faith, and um, so oftentimes it's good to go back and revisit these um, topics so that we can uh, really stay uh, strong in our faith. So now when I say faith, though, um, I mean faith that is described in the Bible. Now you might be thinking, you mean there's other kinds of faith? There's a different type of faith than what the Bible might talk about? Well, actually there are. There are a few different types of faith that are not biblical faith. And we need to make that distinction. And I want to give just a couple of them, that three kinds that I kind of have observed and read a little bit and saw that were out there. I just briefly want to tell you what those are. The first kind of faith that is not a biblical faith is a blind leap into the dark. Now, I worked with teenagers for 30 years in, in the church in different areas. And I remember I must have used this illustration by far more times than any other illustration was the whole Indiana Jones when talking about faith, you know, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, where Indiana Jones has to take this, you know, he has to take this step of faith, this leap of faith, in order to continue on, in order to find the Holy Grail. And that's what he's, that's what he's doing. So if you've seen the movie, if you've seen that part, what he does, he comes to this big chasm, and he's just standing there, and he goes, there's no way, there's no way to cross this thing. But he knows in his little book it said he has to take a leap of faith. So he takes a deep breath, and if you remember, he just puts his foot out like this, and he takes this step of faith, and he steps out, and really his faith is rewarded for what? There's this big, long stone bridge that he just miraculously um, lands on, and it, and it just appears. Uh, this is an example of blind faith, this blind leap of faith, where really we have no idea what we are, what or who we are having faith in. We're no just having faith. Now, that's not biblical faith, but that is a form of faith. Second one is a step or an action taken according to the evidence. This is one. In other words, we only believe or we only do something, we only act because it makes sense. 
It's a rational thing to do. The evidence is all there. I've made the inquiries. It all makes sense to do this. Like we have faith. You know, when we step into a, into a crosswalk, we have faith that a cars will, hope, will probably stop and not run us over. Or we have faith that when we press the, the brake, I don't even think, I, I never think about when I press my brake pedal that it's actually, if it's actually going to slow my car down. I just have faith that it's going to do it. Now this is what's called warranted faith. We make decisions because the evidence supports that decision. To be sure, this is faith. It is a form of faith. It's just not what we would call biblical faith. Third faith, and this is actually probably the, the one that's probably the most uh, out there that's actually the most popular version of kind of spiritual faith, especially when as I talk to people and you hear people what they think about being a Christian or just believing in God. Uh, people will say, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God. Isn't that enough? Isn't that, that plenty? I, be, I believe. But remember, James chapter three, verse 19 says, you believe that there is, well, God is one. That's great, you do well. Even the demons believe and they shudder. You know, I wonder how many people might be deceiving themselves and lulling themselves into a false sense of comfort, thinking that they truly have faith, but it's not actually the faith that the Bible describes. So these are just a few forms of faith that are out there that are not actually biblical faith. So what is biblical faith? Seems like it's pretty fits in perfect for these basic topics of basics. What is faith? And really, why is it important? Why is it so important that we make the distinction between biblical faith and other type of faith? Well, these are the two questions we're gonna be answering this morning as we go through our passage this morning. Uh, we're going to find really the primary answers. Many of you probably think in your head where we're going here. The primarily, we're gonna be looking at the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, a uh, chapter that's often been called the, the Faith Hall of Fame or the Heroes of the Faith chapter, and we're going to look at that. We're going to see all the different ways and why it's called that. So just so you know, my goal this morning is that to help us to understand and to better grasp the truth that only having faith, biblical faith, only in living by faith do we live the type of life that God meant us to live, only by having biblical faith. So what is that? So let's look at that. So let's look at the first question. What is biblical faith? Or what is faith according to the Bible? We'll start by looking at that first verse. If you got your Bibles, turn in chapter 11. Verse will be up on the screen also. Chapter 11, verse one says this. Now faith is the essence of th assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, I gotta tell you, I really wrestled with trying to put this into terms that I could really understand this week. Something for me, I'm a very simple kind of guy, um, so I really had to wrestle with this throughout the week and different things I read. Um, so the writer, but let me help break this, this verse down a little bit. The writer of Hebrews starts by defining faith as assurance of things that are hoped for. Now this word assurance, it means to be completely, totally confident of something. It literally refers to a guarantee. This word actually, in the original language, refers to a guarantee under an agreement, like the title to a, de like a deed or a title to some property. That's how sure it is. Things hoped for aren't things that we hope for, like, well, I hope I get a close parking lot, parking space at Safeway today, so I have to walk very far. Well, I hope the weather is good. I hope it's a sunny day today. Or, you know, I hope I feel better soon. It's not that kind of hope. 
these things that we are completely confident, there are things that we're completely confident in, even we're expecting them to happen. We're just expe- I don't expect to get a close parking spot at Grocery Outlet. My favorite store, I gotta tell you. I never lived by one until I moved here. It's, it's scary. Um, but I don't expect it. But I hope. That's not the kind of hope in the things that he's talking about. Being confident of things uh, we hope for means that we are sure, we are confident that something that we know to be true, okay? That's what he's talking about. We know for sure it's to be true. It's this confident expectation. So in the first half of this verse, we so far see that biblical faith is being sure or confident in things that we hope for, okay? Now, hope's a powerful thing, isn't it? It is a really powerful thing. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire that certain things will happen. I mean, hope can elicit such emotions, positive emotions like happiness, joy, courage, and even empowerment. I, I read, because uh, I read medical um, journals extensively, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, but I read, the, I read in this medical health, this, this health publication, it says that hopeful people are like the little engine that could. Okay, because they keep on telling themselves what? I think I can, I think I can. They're very hopeful, okay? Hope is actually, it, I read it, it actually has the ability to help people heal faster and easier from illnesses. Now, it's fine, and that's great. That's good that hope, that we can have hope for good things to happen to us, that we can get cured, that things will go better. But the hope that the writer of Hebrews is referring to is much, much broader. It's much deeper than that for the follower of Jesus. So what are these things? What are these things that the follower of Jesus we truly, truly hope for? Well, if you remember back our series in First Peter, we actually looked at that at the very beginning of our series in First Peter a few months ago. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So Peter's saying that we have actually been born again into a living hope. As follower of Jesus, our hope isn't that something will happen. Our hope is in a person. Our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ, the fact that he rose again and that he is alive. Our hope is in the fact that as followers of Jesus, we can be certain, we can be positive that the promises that God made to us, he will fulfill them in Christ. He will do it. It's not this hope like a parking space. He, we know, we can know that he will do it. So our hope is in the fact that as followers of Jesus, we have that certainty. Look at 2 Corinthians verse 1, chapter 20. The first part of it says this, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. So what this means, what he's saying here then, for what this means for the first verse of Hebrews chapter 11 is we can be, as believers, you can be 100% sure or confident That because of Jesus, God will faithfully do all of his, faithfully fulfill all his promises now and even in the future. 
I think we forget that. I think we forget how important God's promises are. Because really, what are these promises? What are, the, what are just some of the promises? I thought I'd hit you a few of these with it. Look at, these include the present realities that we have, like grace, forgiveness, his promise to never leave us or forsake us, to provide for our every need according to his riches and glory, to be our ever-present help in time of need, to give us peace that passes all understanding, to protect us from the enemy. And really one that I think I forget a lot is that, that he will work all things, all things for our good, even when we don't understand why things are going the way they are. He is working for our good. These things also include future things like future realities such as Christ's return, things that we don't really think about a lot but really do give us hope. Christ's return, eternity in heaven, are becoming like Christ and eternally reigning with him. That's amazing stuff. All these things that we know to be true because the Holy Spirit has revealed them to us. So what what does this have to do with faith? What do all these promises have to do with faith? Well, commentator Kent Hughes says this. He says, the more profound our faith, the more profound our hope. A deeply intense faith spawns intense hope. Isn't that exactly what you and I need when life gets difficult? When things get really hard, we need hope. Hope generates this perseverance that we need to be able to not fall into despair when life goes sideways. Now, the writer of Hebrews goes on in this verse to say that it is faith, faith is also the conviction of things not seen. This means that we are convinced by this inner conviction that the things that we aren't even able to see, that they are real. Even if the evidence is lacking, we know that it's real. Theologian and philosopher Augustine asked this question. He said, what is faith unless it is to believe what you do not see? Once again, these things that we're talking about, these things that he's saying are things that God has promised to every believer in his word. That's why knowing God's word is so important. Because if we're going to trust in something, we got to know what we're trusting in. So what is biblical faith? What is biblical faith? Here's a definition I came up with as reading through this and looking at all this. It says, it's a confident conviction that God can completely be completely trusted and will be faithful to his promises even though we can't see his ultimate plan. That is faith. That is faith. It's a confident conviction that God can be completely trusted and will be faithful to his promises even though we can't see his ultimate plan. And that last part is the most difficult part, isn't it? Just tell me what you're doing and I'll trust you. (laughs) At least that's what I say. I know none of you say that, but that's what I say. Help me to know what's going on here. Faith says, I don't need to know what's going on here. That's why it's so hard. It's a response. Really, faith is a response of our whole being to the person of God, not just believing in his existence. It's like an anchor. Faith in, faith in God is like an anchor. Just like an anchor connects a ship or a boat 
to the bottom of the sea or to the bottom of a lake. So faith connects you and I securely to God. You ever wonder why people walk away from the Lord? Faith. It's a faith issue. I mean, now there could be all sorts of other things that happen, things are, that wasn't fair, things happen to them, that all those kind of things happen. But when you get down to it, it gets down to faith. Do I believe that God is still who he said he is? My marriage has gone sideways. Do I still believe, though, that God is who he says he is and his promises are true? Years and years and years and years I've been in pain and been struggling. But do I believe that God is faithful to who he is? That is not easy and we can't do that on our own. It takes faith to do that. So, no matter how strong the wind blows, that's what's so beautiful about having this anchor. No matter how strong the wind blows or how the tides shift, we have a strong, secure connection to God. Now, that gives us hope. That is what faith is. Now, now let's go find the next, let's go to the next question. We find the answer to the second, second question. Why is faith important? If this is what faith is, which I, I, you really can't talk about faith in like, I just did 15 minutes of talking about faith. That's nothing. That's just a cursory look at what faith is. So, but if I'm gonna wanna be that strong on something, I'm gonna believe that something is that important, I wanna know why. That's just me. I wanna know why. So why is faith important? Why is this kind of faith we're talking about so important? Well, look at the next verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse two. says, for by it, the people of old received their commendation. Interesting little phrase there. This verse says that for the kind of faith that we've been talking about in that first verse, the people in the past are commended or recognized by God for their faith. This word commend is actually the Greek word for which we get the word martyr. I found that very interesting. Dwayne, I was going to call you and just tell you, wow, I learned another Interesting thing. Dwayne and I go get coffee. He's our Greek scholar, and he just teaches me all sorts of things about these. So I feel, I feel like I'm finally stepping up close to your level, but not really. Um, but it, it talks about martyr, which a, a martyr is a person who bears witness of the truth. It means to give a testimony, okay, or to speak well of someone or to vouch for someone. And here what it's saying is it literally means to be well spoken of, Okay? We are well, these people were well spoken of. So from this verse, first, we're going to look at a few of these things, but the first thing that we see, the reason why faith is important is because it's what pleases God. Faith is what pleases God. Let's look down. I want you to look at verses four through six. We really can't cover all of Hebrews really in, in depth. Like I really love going verse by verse and things like that, but there's just too many here. But I want to look at these couple, these just a little chunk here where it's um, in verses four through six, it says, by faith, Abel, offer, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, spoken well of, okay? God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. That's the way I want to go. And he was not found because God had taken him. Before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. I love this verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those 
who seek him. So from these verses right here, we see that it's church attendance that pleases God. No, not at all. It's making sure I do my quiet time or every day. That's what pleases God. I, you know what? I gave five bucks to the guy on the side of the road or I bought a McDonald's. That pleases God. Well, maybe. But what really pleases God is faith. True biblical faith. Now notice in verse six that it doesn't say that without faith it's difficult to please God. It's impossible. It cannot be done Romans 1, chapter 7, Romans chapter 1, verse 17 says, For in it, the gospel, which Nelson did a great job talking about last week, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Who are the, who's the righteous? I don't feel very righteous all the time. I rarely do I feel very righteous. But people who are righteous are people who God sees as completely forgiven and able to have a relationship with him because of Jesus. Did you know that? As a, when you come to faith in Christ, you are now seen by God as righteous. Wow, that's huge. It's not those who try hard. It's not people that try to be good people or even people that believe that simply God exists, but those who put their faith in God alone. This is how a relationship with God even begins. We talk about people, so often we talk about things, what it means to become a Christian. So oftentimes we need to focus not on all these other external things. It's about faith. It's believing. Do you believe what Jesus did? Not that, a lot of that peripheral stuff. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 even says, for by grace you've been saved by what? Through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. The free gift of salvation comes through faith, only faith. We can never be good enough for God, never on our own. Only by faith can we please him. Now notice, if you notice, if you've read through this before, if you've taken a cursory glance, you'll notice that all the names that are listed in this Faith Hall of Fame chapter they were commended or they were pleasing to God or spoken well of by God because of their faith. That's why it's called, that. that's why people call this chapter what they do. Notice how each one is introduced. You can not, I'm not gonna put all these up on the screen. You can follow along on your, we're gonna look at some of them, but look, and look or just listen. Verse seven, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for saving his household. By the way, if you don't understand how crazy and insane it was for Noah to do what he did back then, it was insane. For, absolutely insane for him to do what he did. But he did it by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was, verse eight, I'm here, was received as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. God said, go. And he said, all right, let's go. He had no idea what was gonna happen. By faith, Sarah received power to conceive even when she was past the age. Verse 17 by faith, Abraham. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob. 22, by faith, Joseph. Just by faith, by faith. It was, he doesn't talk about these were great guys and great women. Oh, they worked hard. They, they, strived. they served here and there. No, by faith. That's it. That's what he says. Now look at verses 23 to 28 real quick. Moses 
or shown here where his faith is kind of the hallmark of his life. Okay, so he gets some extra credit here, okay? A little more, little more uh, airtime that Moses gets. Look at verse 23, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. This is so different than the, uh, the movie, right? There is a, so different. Charlton Heston was wrong. Okay, love the guy, but. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward by Faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Lastly, by faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. You know what's the common theme there? A common theme? Faith led to action. They all did something without knowing what the final outcome would be. They were not guaranteed. You do this, you do this, boom, here's what's going to happen. That's not what happened with them with faith. They just said, okay, because I trust you and your promises. I mean, we go on, verse 29, by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, didn't perish because she hid the spies. And then that verse 32, if you look in your, your Bible, says, by faith, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, on and on and on and on and on. Basically he's saying, I can't even tell you how many people were commended by God because of one thing, their faith. Each person's faith led them to live their life with a confident conviction that God would, it could be completely and 100% trusted that he would be faithful to what he says he's going to do, even though they had no idea what his ultimate plan was. And it was pleasing to God. So from this verse, though, we also see something else. The second thing that we see why faith is important, because it gives us the ability to live the, the life that God calls us to live. It gives us the ability to live the life that God calls us to live. I want you to look down at verses 13 through 16 real quick. Look what it says. And they all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. What these verses are saying that Abraham and his children, they never came close to seeing the promise that got fulfilled in their lifetime. They never, they never got to see it. They never saw the land. They were living in tents. They were straight. They even says they acknowledge that they're strangers and exiles. So get this. They went and did something that they never saw, came close to seeing the result of. Yet it was their faith that sustained them through this. How often have you ever felt this? And I have felt this too. God, I've just been trying to be faithful, trying to be faithful, and it's doing absolutely nothing. That's not true. It is pleasing God is what it's doing. 
It might not be reaping the result that we are hoping for and wanting, but it is pleasing God. These people believed that God was good and that he would honor his word and eventually fulfill his promises to them, even if it wasn't going to be in their lifetime. Even if it wasn't their life, I'm still going to be faithful. We see that they fully realized that their stay on earth was temporary. They knew that. They knew they were just passing through here. And they longed, it says, they longed for eternal home. This was their motivation, this eternal mindset we've talked about a few times. They longed for it. It's a mindset similar to what the Apostle Paul talked about when he wrote a letter to the Philippians and he said that our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we belong. That is a motivator for having faith. Think about it. These people in Hebrews chapter 11 had only, really, really only had a partial revelation of who God was. They only saw a little glimpse of who he was, yet their faith gave them motivation and encouragement to do what God called them to do. How much more us? How much more? We have the full revelation of God. We have a whole, they didn't have a, this Bible in front of them to go refer to. Oh yeah, look what they did. They didn't have that. And we also have Jesus. We have the full revelation of who God is in his son. We have all of that. So how much more ought we not to long to be people of faith so we can know why we're here? We can know that we're living the lives we're meant to live. If you're frustrated with your life, when I'm frustrated with my life, chances are it's because of faith. Not because I'm a loser or we're weak or anything. It's because our faith, it's our faith. Our faith is being tested. Our faith is needing to grow. That's where it comes from. And it's not a guilt thing. God's saying, where's your faith? He's saying just little faith. How much faith, do you need to, how much faith did you need to, to throw a whole mountain into the ocean, did the Bible say? Just a, just a little bit. Not much. Faith, though. But you don't stay there. It's like you don't stay being a baby. Man, I, I hope Silas grows up and doesn't stay this little. He's cute. As, I, 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 he's cute. <laughs> He's going to grow, we, and we want, that to, we want that to happen. That doesn't mean that we never struggle, though, with doubt. That doesn't mean that we don't struggle with questions. If you went back and you studied the lives of all these people in this chapter, and mentioned in chapter 11, some of them had their times of doubt, they had their times of questioning. Remember Moses? Uh, not me. Uh, 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 what do I say? What do I, who, who, what? Questioning. Doubting, it happened. I love Elizabeth, El Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot said this about faith. She says, faith does not eliminate questions, but faith knows where to take them. Okay, third one. The third and final reason that faith is important is in verse three. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Third reason faith is important is that it gives us an understanding of God's greatness and power. Faith gives us a better understanding of God's greatness and his power. This verse tells us that although we did not see the act of creation happen, faith gives us an understanding that God spoke creation into existence. Now how he did it, how long it took, now these are matters of much debate. Even, am even amongst Christians, there's a lot of debate. Lee's laughing back there because we have actually debated this. Um, some believe that some form of evolution, that in some form of evolution that God oversaw the entire process. 
Others believe that a literal interpretation of Genesis leaves no room for any evolution whatsoever, but the key is not the how of creation, but the who of creation. We need to stop these arguments or these debates that say, here's what, I, here's what I've read and raised on, here's what I've read, this is the way it is. None of, us have the, none of us have the right to say that. God could have done whatever he wanted to do. The point is God did, and we're seeing it right here. Psalm 33 helps us even see that. It says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a, as a heap. He puts the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. See, we can trust that we can be confident that even though we weren't there, even though we didn't witness it, that God created, that God, the creation originated with God. I mean, the staggering size of our universe alone ought to cause us to be in awe of his, of his greatness and power. I am not a science guy by any means, so thank you, internet. Here we go. Some things about our universe that I've had. The nearest, and those of you that know better than me, if this is wrong, let me know. The, the nearest star system, the nearest star system in our galaxy is Alpha Centauri. Is that how you say it? Alpha Centauri. It's 25 trillion miles away. The nearest, wait, you can fit one million Earths inside of our sun. The huge star, Betelgeuse, which I found was an incredible, interesting name, is 27 million times larger than our sun. Oh my gosh. Okay, last one. V.Y. Canis Majoris. Anybody heard of that before? There's got to be some nerds in here. Come on. There we go. Thank you. V.Y. Canis Majoris is one billion times larger than our sun. And all this, our galaxy, yet our galaxy is one of possible, now they've come up with possibly two trillion other galaxies. Oh my gosh. I can't even wrap my head around that. That's just, I, I, I don't get it. It's just huge. And it says here in Hebrews that faith causes us to understand that God created, however he decided to do it, but he created out of nothing. That's what faith does for us. Helps us to understand that. Not to, I don't understand how it all worked, but I, yes, I'm confident in that. And this also includes you and I. We are a part of his creation. And the Bible says that we are created in his image. This gives us great value and it gives us incredible worth. Now this is the God that we can be 100% confident that he will be complete and be completely trusted for who he is and he'll be faithful to all his promises, even though we can't see his ultimate plan. So at the beginning of this sermon, I said, I told you that my goal for this morning was to help us all to better be able to grasp the truth of not, not, living, not only living by these other kinds of things, but to live by faith, biblical faith, 
that only by doing that will we really understand why we're meant to live and be able to live the kind of life that he wants us to live. So how do you do that? How do you live by faith? How do we do that practically? Well, we do it by choosing. We do it by choosing on a regular basis not to dwell I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right here. Not to dwell on our worries, our discouragements, and our fears, but on what we can 100% be confident and sure of, that God will always be faithful to who he is and to his promises, even though we can't see the ultimate plan. If you're like me, though, this is something that you'll probably need to do on a regular basis throughout the day because that's not how I'm wired. I'm wired to worry. <laughs> I'm wired to think about what's not working. So it's a discipline that needs to happen in our lives. You see, when we are focused on our worries, discouragements, and our fears, our confidence in God begins to fade, which leads, again, to our sense of hope fading also. See how they're connected? But when we are intentionally focused and in, uh, focused instead or in reminding ourselves of that God can be completely trusted and he's gonna be faithful to his promises, our faith actually grows. And this overwhelming sense of hope also grows. We feel, and our sense of hopelessness disappears more and more even when things are totally hopeless around us. Choosing to live by faith really means practicing the truth that so many of us know. This is the verse that I have to say this to myself very, very often. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Most of you know this very well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. I'd like to end our time this morning doing something a little different. I want all of us to stand. I like us to, we don't do this very often, but to recite a prayer out loud together. Um, kind of this is this, this will be our closing prayer. I want and I encourage you to make this kind of a prayer uh, to yourself of faith. Okay, here we go. Let's read with me, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of faith. I know that without faith, I cannot please you. I ask that you sustain, strengthen, and deepen my faith so that I can live the life that you called me to live, and in every way, my life will glorify you. Please forgive me for doubting your love, power, and goodness. Many times I've just, my circumstances, and many times I've failed to trust you. You are the God of all hope, and I acknowledge that nothing is too difficult for you. I am confident that you will meet all my needs as I seek to live according to your word. Thank you, Lord, that you can help me get over my disbelief, removing all my fears and anxieties. You have said whatever I ask in prayer, believing I will receive. Thank you for this promise, Lord. I love you and trust in your awesome power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.